podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alfstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. It's Friday night. We're separated now by 24 hours uh, after that really kind of gut-wrenching uh, loss to the Dallas Cowboys. 41 to 35 Thursday night football for whatever reason, Keith, I'm actually in a pretty decent mood. Um, and, uh, here to talk about the team and the game. I know that there's some frustration, some fans, a lot of emotion into a game like that. You're, you're frustrated. Your team's now dropped to six and six, but there were a lot of good things to talk about out of that game. A lot of good things happened. We fell short. Obviously we were always going to be it was always going to be one of those games you had on the schedule um, th- that was going to be tough no matter what. And um, I think Seattle gave them everything that they had and um, kind of got back into sync, feeling a little bit better about the offense out of this game. The defense still has uh, a, a few issues, but they also faced probably the, the best offense currently in the NFL right now and and did pretty pretty well. I mean, they gave up 41, but, you know, I thought overall, they, at least we we were in contention to to take that game even to the very end. So, a tough loss for sure. Welcome well, in. This Hope is you're what doing we good. Asked for um, a week before, we said we weren't sure that the Seahawks were going to beat the Forty ers um, but we wanted them to at least be competitive, and that's what they were here. This was a game that we're frustrated because it felt like. They had it, they were going to win it, and it slipped away. But this is not what they've been in a bunch of these other losses where they weren't competitive. Um, I think that I think the team played pretty well overall. They ran into a really good team. You play that well against almost any other team in the NFL, and you get a win. Yeah. No, I agree. But Dallas is good. Dallas is good, and they proved it. Um you know, Seattle's dropped three, uh, three in a row and four out of the last five, but the offense looked as good as it's, it's looked since week three. Um, in, in fact, yeah. according to the ringers, Shail, uh, Kapadia, uh, that was the ninth best offensive performance in the NFL this season by any team, according to EPA expected, uh, plays over average and the ninth best, you know, so they, they looked really good. The problem was Dallas had the eighth best ranked offensive performance in the NFL this year and they beat us by a nose and that's really what it what it was um you know you would like to see the defense have a couple more um opportunities to kind of stop them but they were four for eight in the red zone they held them to four field goals on on four of those attempts in the red zone um and the offense did play well we just you know Dallas is just a really good team and we lost. Um, mm-hmm. There were a few questionable things down the stretch, but you know that's what separates really good teams from average teams. And you know Seattle's probably an average team. Uh, we'd like to think of them a little better because you know they're our home team. We had expectations at the beginning of the year, 
they've kind of failed to live up to those. But um, I thought Seattle gave it a pretty valiant effort overall, and I there was a lot to like out of this game. Yeah, I mean, it comes down, like, it's hard to, don't pin it on any one play. Don't put it on any any one call or any of that because it's 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 a culmination of everything. But if one of the most sure-handed receivers in the entire league doesn't drop a pass, the Seahawks win that game. Because when Geno hit Lockett, um, you know, across the middle, and that was going if that. I couldn't, you can't tell where the safety is um, on the broadcast view, but it looks like he could have taken that to the house. And if there's a safety back there, it's still a 25 to 40 yard gain, um, depending on the angle. And Lockett never drops passes. Yeah. So when I look at that, I go, okay, one of the most sure handed receivers in the league dropping a pass is the only thing that kept you from winning a game. You must have played pretty well. So on that play, Geno Smith had such great anticipation of where Lockett was going to be. He threw that way early uh, before the break. And if you really pay attention to Lockett's view of the ball um, on on his end, he just got his head turned just a a fraction of a second too late and and saw the ball at the last second and uh, did his best to kind of uh, adjust to that. But really that the ball was out of Gino's hands really early. Um, and it, it just didn't happen. Um, yeah, but that's, that's what a, we, that's, that's what Gino needs to do. That's what he hasn't been doing this year that he did last year. And that's getting so the check, ball out of his hands. Check this out. We were, um, we were pressured according to next, next gen stats. We were pressured 54.5% of the dropbacks. Um, the highest rate that he's faced in any game in his, uh, in, in his career with Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't sacked because Gino also had the quickest average time to throw, um, during that same period at 2.42 seconds. See, which is and this is what really, we have really been nice. asking him to do all year. And, and, and it's what he did last year, not just him, but you know, the, he this, was the, un- the whole, the scheme was and under three seconds last year at, for an average. And he's at like 3.8 this year. He's got to get the ball out of his hands. In this game, he did. And look what happened. Against 35 the points. They put up big yards, big numbers, because he stopped hanging on to it. Yeah. Yeah, good things happen. You know, when you, when you get your playmakers the ability to, to, to make plays, prime example was the DK Medcalf touchdown. 70-some-odd 70, mm-hmm. 70 yards on that quick slant. And Gino led him perfectly, perfect throw, perfect anticipation. After uh, DK caught that, he was behind the defense, and that was it. So, love to see more opportunities like that. Yeah, for nobody's sure. catching but DK Metcalf. Three touchdowns to DK Metcalf, six, six catches on eight targets, 134 yards for Metcalf, and Jigba looked good. Uh, some third down opportunities for him, seven catches for 62 yards. Michael Dick, Dixon didn't have a punt in the game. We didn't punt, Keith. We didn't punt, uh, which, which rarely happens in the NFL. Both teams didn't punt. I mean, it, that's kind of crazy. I think that was the fifth time in, in NFL history that um, both teams combined did not have a punt in a game. So offense, if you wanted to see some offense, that was it. 
if you wanted to see some bad officiating, this game had had you covered because it had like 250 yards of penalties, 18 penalties, 19 penalties, 250 yards. Seattle had uh, 10 penalties for 140 yards, I believe. Um, some, and and Reek Wollen had like half of those, just on two plays. Yeah, um, couple there were some terrible calls in this game. I agreed, Keith. I agree. But what are you going to do? Both it was, both teams it was got really penalized. frustrating because it was like it felt like a couple of them were like penalty on Seattle playing defense. <laughs> yeah. um, it was it was hard because it got the not only the team out of rhythm, but it got the game out of rhythm. It's mm-hmm. like. It was just too much. And all of those penalties, almost all of them were uh, on defensive backs on both teams. And I was just, I was, uh, was there a weird point of emphasis thing going on in this game? What was happening? A lot of ticky tack things, a lot of incidentals, a lot of plays that were completely outside the scope of the play. I just, I don't know. It was, it was tough, rough to watch. I mean, there were so many comments about the penalties and the, and the play calling or not the play calling, but the, um, just the, the bad calls, uh, from, from the referees, uh, in this game that it was, um, universally hated on both sides. Yeah. And I really. think, it, and it's, it isn't, I don't want to say like, there were a lot of calls in Seattle that I was like, Oh, why the hell would you call that? That's not a penalty, but they went the other way too. Um, CX got the benefit were beneficiaries of some incredibly ticky tack calls on Dallas's defensive backs. It was just a poorly officiated game. Not the problem was super one-sided, it, just poorly officiated. The problem, I'm not going to complain too much. And, and even Pete doesn't complain about these sorts of things, but it's, you know, there were certain benefits that come to a team where you're penalized, where your entire drive is almost sustained because of penalties. I think, in one drive, Dallas had five first downs as a result of penalties. That's mm-hmm. seven points just as a result of, of you know, moving the chains because of, of a penalty. It's 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 a tough thing to, to kind of go through. I, I don't know how to correct that or make it better. But So I want to talk to you about the last play of the game. Um, the... Uh, what should have been a uh, a pass out into the flat to DJ Dallas to on fourth and three, I think to you know to keep the game going. And what happened was uh, Mika Parsons on Dallas's um, I think the, at, at the nine tech spot way outside the the tackle came unabated, um, got to um, Geno Smith in one point three seconds, I think. 1.3 seconds I, I read, um, which is just great. 1.4 seconds. And really the, the, the play broke down too on the, on the interior, the normal five tech uh, rushing spot where Dexter Lawrence was lined up over Abe Lucas, pushed Abe Lucas back into where DJ Dallas is kind of cutting through um, after the ball was snapped and he was going to, you know, fly out into the flat on the outside and uh, they were expecting Mika Parsons to peel off and cover Dallas, um, but but late and, and kind of lob that ball over uh, to Dallas to have him pick up the first down. If they would have completed that play, if, if somehow it worked, um, Dallas was going to be wide open yeah. in the flat. Had, had nobody within 20 yards of him 
uh, if he would have caught the ball, you know, where he would have been. And, um, and we'd been singing a different tune. Now you'd mentioned the idea of Tyler Lockett dropping that thing. And, and here's another play where it's, you know, we're just one play away at, um, for, for it being successful. Now I, I can see where the criticism comes in. Why are you scheming that that way? Why did you do that with DJ Dallas, our third string running back in the backfield? Well, they don't really pay attention to who's, you know, first string, second string, third string. It's next man up. Yeah. You yeah know, they've got to run these things. If you're criticizing so that play call, then you, you're looking at if that ball gets to him, it is a massive gain. Um, and they schemed it on purpose with Mika Parsons because Mika Parsons is super athletic. And if he's out of that play, that, that makes it wide open for, for yeah. Dallas. So, um, the and thing it worked is before. that, and as far as the blocking, I've, 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 I've seen people like, Oh my God, how do you leave that guy unblocked? Well, you leave that guy unblocked because one, according to, uh, the defensive scheme and, and alignments, he should be covering DJ Dallas. Yes. Um, they manipulated everything to make that happen. Two, you leave them unblocked because um, Dallas He's brought so, pressure yeah. and you yeah. always block from the inside out. He's the most outside guy. And so he's the guy that you don't block if you have to leave to someone run. unblocked. And he it's up to, to Gino four, three, 40, to get though. the ball out. <laughs> what? Yeah. He just happens to run a 4 3 40, though. Yeah. Well, you know what? We. You can only do so much with that. You've got you can to only do so much. Um, if you're you're blocking it right, um, which is to block it inside out, it's up to the quarterback to get the ball if out of his Abe, hands. If Abe Lucas successfully was able to block Dexter Lawrence on that play, just to the at the at the line of scrimmage, a standoff, DJ Dallas gets outside and at least Gino has an opportunity to make that throw. It's very quick. He's going to, he's going to have to try to, you know, guess where Dallas is going to be, but at least he gets the ball off. Um, it just blew up because Dexter Lawrence pushed Abe Lucas back into DJ Dallas. And that was the end of the play. And, mm -hmm. and it happened so quick. 1.4 seconds is a split second, um, for Mika Parsons to get there. And, and that was it. I mean, he blew up the play. So it was a good play by Dallas. It was, I'm not going to blame the scheme at all because they didn't have any timeouts. You got to run a play. And um, Shane Waldron thought that that would work based on it working in the past. I think they ran that against the Rams earlier in the year and it worked. And uh, Shane McVay, Sean McVay, um, has run that play with the Rams successfully you know, quite a few times over the years and it, it's designed well, but Mika Parsons is his own little animal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he, he just, this he, is, that's what elite players can do. Yeah. You can scheme everything right. Do like do things right and still fail because of an elite player. Um, he has the yes. ability to impact plays that way. It's what happened. You know, and then on the other side of the ball, um, you know, t Dallas had uh, 11 drives. They scored on nine of them. Um, but they've scored 33 points in four consecutive games in five of their past six. That They've got a great offense. And I so I thought, you know, we, we, we played a good game on the road. 
on both sides of the ball. We had some some plays on defense. Yeah, we we allowed some some things. We got penalized, extend drives, etc. Our offense, I thought, played really well. That you mentioned to me last night when we kind of end capped the game Texas uh, text that we had going. That uh, you were a little disappointed in Gino at the end there. But uh, and I get that. Well, because um, there were in the second half they scored seven points. Um, part none, not all of that's on him. I mean, like I said, Lockett catches that pass. Um, if if DJ Dallas can get that other pass, if which isn't on Matt Dallas either, if Micah Parsons wasn't quite so fast, um, right? right th- things happen, and so there's there's like parts of this and and whatever. But um, when Gino threw his pick, that was a bad decision. Uh, well covered, double covered, and he had uh, I think it was Charbonnet in coming out of the backfield in the flat wide open. Why are you throwing in, into double coverage like that when you've got a wide open player? Just like make the right call, like make the right decision, get the ball to the right person. Um, and like that was frustrating because he was doing the right thing in the first half, and then he kind of just went back to what he was doing the rest of the season. Um, there and holding onto the ball again. And then, so the, yeah, there was a, there, that's what was frustrating. It was like, he played so well. This was the, this was the Gino we've been points. hoping yeah. for. This is the Gino that we saw plus last year. Field goal. I mean, they could have scored 31 points in the first half. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess this is the Gino that we saw last year. This is the one that we, um, you know, that we wanted to see all this year. And we finally did. Um, and the offense was, was awesome against a really good defense. This is what we've expected to see all year and have it. Um, so how do you feel good in a loss? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard uh, do because you feel, fans are do so you feel good in a today. Loss? Like, well, there's a, there's, Okay, so here's here's kind of the deal. If you're a real practical person, if you're an optimist by nature, if you're um, realistic in in the way that you kind of view these things, I think you come away from this game feeling okay. Now, you wish that you had uh, a better record at this point. You wish you hadn't given away a couple of different losses in this season to, to inferior teams, specifically the Rams. Um, and you're and this loss wouldn't have been so hard to take. It's, it's hard to take because you, like you said earlier, we were right there. We could have got this game. That's the frustrating part. Um, but you come away though with an offense that gives you hope that if you can duplicate this against even a slightly inferior team, let's just say the Philadelphia Eagles come to town, um, there, there's a chance that we could have a chance in these games, which is all you really want to do. I think if, you know, if you could say if Seattle could figure out a way to win one of the 49ers or the, the Eagles, we're actually in okay shape as far as making the playoffs. You can get nine or 10 wins. I think you can get in. It's not me crazy. Obviously once you're in, anything can happen. It's not looking great as far as advancing and so forth based on our seating. But um, I think the outlook for the season isn't isn't over. 
it's not like the, the season's over at this point. Everyone's mm. kind of doom and gloom. I'm ready to write the season off. We're horrible. Uh, you know, the, the, the evening of the game and, and the next day are kind of brutal when it comes to social media and this team. But I think if you're realistic um, and you step back a little bit, you can take away a lot more positives out of this game than negatives, even, even from the loss. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you and I have talked about is that if this um, if this offense takes off, this team will be fine. Well, the offense finally showed up. It's taken all year, but they finally showed up. Um, they've got five games left. If the offense continues to play like they did in this game, if Gino continues to get the ball out of his hands and to the right people. Um, this team's in good shape. They're fine. It would, you, yeah, it would have been great defense, if it had happened, um, you know, two months ago. But, hey, it finally showed up. Now go do something with it. Yeah, no, I agree on that side. But how do you address the defense um, that is is – not good. I don't. Um. I guess I just don't agree with that that statement. So how do you address something that I don't agree with? Well, I guess I mean you could say you could argue that um. You know, Dallas is four hundred and six yards, seventy nine plays. Uh, was uh, an aberration. Um, wasn't the real defense uh, that that showed up and, and played? I I don't they, know. Like I don't know any other way to say that they were bad. They gave up forty one points. Ten out of eleven drives they scored points. Nine out of uh, eleven drives they scored points. Um and and we were outscored 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and there was an entire drive where they got five first downs via penalty, most of which were kind of bullcrap penalties. I'm just saying, like, you, you, uh, there's more to this story, and you're playing against the best offense in the league. So, um, I... I'm not going to watch one game against um, the best offense of the league and then and use that as the reference point and say they're bad. Well, uh, no, 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 no. But you've got twelve other. You've got twelve games in the books now where you can point to and say this is who we are. And you know we're ranked. I, I don't have the stats in front of me now, but I think we're close to twenty first or twenty second in the NFL in points allowed, r- runs, uh, yardage allowed, et cetera, advanced stats kind of paint the picture that we're in that realm and being 20th in the NFL is, I mean, is, is middling by anybody's standard. Yeah. But there's a difference between being middling and being bad. You said they were bad. They've been, they've been bad. They've been bad. I mean, they got, they could have been wiped out even more by the 49ers. The Ravens took it to them hard. I mean, yeah, they've been bad. And in and, both and of those games, they got nothing from their the other side of the of the ball. It it's definitely hand in hand, isn't it? I agree with that. So, 
yeah, I, um, I'm going to push back. And if you think the defense is bad, because they're, they're, they're not, um, this team's the faults of the Seahawks team is the offense not showing up. The offense has shown up in one game this year. And they lost that game because they played a better team. But they've shown up in one game out of 12. Two or three. Detroit. No. You had a few plays here and there. They scored enough to win. That they haven't stuff. played a full but game. The offense didn't show up and run and be efficient and do the things that it's supposed to do in any of the other games. Just look at the third downs. This is the first game that the offense showed up. Consistently. But but yet left it out there in the fourth, you know, fourth quarter. Didn't score any points, didn't have any scoring drives, and we're 0 for 3 on fourth downs. But but <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say that, but at the same time, yes, they did show up. They did play well. They played well enough to win. Um, if the defense just did a little bit more, I think, in this game. doesn't mean that they were horrible, Heath. I'm not going to say the defense was horrible, but they weren't great. Um, no it's, one's saying it, they're it's great, a team but I'm game. pushing I mean, back they need on, to be, I'm pushing back we, on we still saying haven't seen that, a complete that this game is yet. a bad defense. It's not great. They lost. They they lost a game to the Rams in which they gave up seventeen points, despite being on the field for forty one minutes. That is a good performance. That is a good defensive performance. The offense failed them. They could not score. They could not keep the defense off the field to give them a break. They could not move the ball and even pin um, the Rams deep. They could not even flip field position. That game was they lost because of an offensive failure. Not the defense. The defense was not the reason they lost that game. And, uh, yeah, there have been, right, there's been four games where the defense has, has, has played pretty bad, and therefore that's why they're statistically, you know, slightly below average. First Rams game, 49ers, this game, um, and the Baltimore game. Yeah. Where and they then, couldn't stop the run and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And in no, all I, of I those agree. all of those games, except for the Dallas game, the offense was terrible and the time of possession was two to one in favor of the opponent. Yeah, I, no, they go hand in hand. There's no question. But when the defense is on the field, the defense is on the field. You know, and you've got to measure them by by their performance when they're out there. Now, granted, not having uh, the ability to sustain drives uh, totally impacts the time of possession and time you're out on the field and the stats against your defense. I get that. So that's why we're six and six. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're six this and is, six. This is a team that, that's losing games because of the offense for the most part. They've, the, they've lost the game because of the defense once. I disagree with that. They've lost the other five it's, games. It's okay they've lost because of the offense. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's not as cut and dry as that. But I get what you're saying. I do. I get what you're saying. So where do we go from here? I mean, after this game, psychologically, I think maybe the team's got a little bit more confidence now. It was nice to get Abe Lucas back. Um, it'd be yeah, nice that sure, to be that able to get. Ken, it'd that be nice to lift. get Ken Walker back. 
Um, Pete kind of alluded to the idea that Ken maybe maybe have enough time this uh, in in this extended break in between games where he might be able to uh, return, which would be good. It'd be nice to to have this team to have a full complement of players. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that um, Jordan Brooks had a knee contusion, knee bruise, essentially. Um, so he's likely going to be back. He said it was pretty swollen up, but it was, you know, it's a bruise. It's not anything else structural. Um, I can't think of any other injuries per se out of this game. Um, Bradford, I thought played well. The, the offensive line didn't give any up any sack. No, they were pressured, you know, but Gino was getting the ball out quick enough. It didn't matter. Um, and that's the way that, that, this team needs to play. Um, That's the way that I think every team in the NFL needs to kind of play that way Um, because, you know, no offensive line is going to hold up forever. So anyway, it'd be, it'd be really cool to see if the Seattle Seahawks can play offense the way that they played in this last game for the rest of the year and into the playoffs. I think we could actually do something. In fact, Pete alluded to that in his Brock and Salt uh, uh, interview. Uh, this morning where he was like you know watch out it's like we need to win these games yeah absolutely but i i feel confident we're going to the playoffs he said well it might kind of sound weird that i'm saying that we're six and six but that's way that's what i believe um and i i kind of i believe him i mean i do i think that you know he sees things a certain way and he knows the schedule coming up he knows it's not going to be easy these next two games he's hoping that he can get probably one of them um, but he's hoping that this is kind of their coming out party on their offense and, and maybe they've turned the corner and we'll see time will tell the 49ers game is going to be, uh, going to be rough, but yeah, I mean, that's what we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. This one is going to be a challenge. Um, this next game, they, the 49ers have shown over the last couple of seasons that they're the better team. Can Seattle change that narrative? And it's going to have to come from the coaching because they've been out coached, not just outplayed on the field, out coached, out schemed. And they need, they need to show up. Um, Yeah. In in this game for them to have a chance. it's been on all facets. It's not, it doesn't have to just come from the coaches. The players have to play better too. They have to execute better. They've got to do better. Um, that's not just on, um, on the, uh, on the coaches. I think this, this gives them an opportunity to, um, to scheme up a little bit better. The last game they had four days rest this game. They're going to have 10. So, I think that's that's going to make a difference, hopefully. So anyway, mm-hmm. let's get out of here. Uh, it's not a game we necessarily need to flush. Um, I thought we played well on both sides, and well enough to win. Just faced a, a, a good team, a good solid team. We were ahead until the last four minutes in that game, which was disheartening uh, to give up that lead at the end there. But sometimes that happens. It's the NFL. So anything else, Keith? Um, yeah. Well, I do have one thing, and it's not nothing to do with the Seahawks. Uh, in about 45 minutes after recording this, um, 
the Ducks and Huskies play in the final Pac-12 championship. Who you got? Wow. God, I'm probably going to piss off all my all, all my listeners here, but I like the Ducks because I I grew up in the Seattle area and then after uh, college moved to um, to the Portland area and kind of adopted my teams when I got there, uh, the Blazers, the Ducks, the, the Beavers, um, and just kind of, you know, became a fan over time when uh, Brooks was the coach and later on. Um, and so I still like the, uh, the university of Washington. I still watch them and, and pay attention and stuff. Uh, absolutely. But I think in this game, the way the ducks have been playing the last four or five weeks since that first Washington matchup, um, and Washington struggled a little bit here and there to score points and, and so forth. So, um, on a neutral field, I kind of like the Ducks in this game. Yeah, I have a hard time picking against the team that won the first matchup simply mm-hmm. because of, well, they won and the first undefeated. matchup. Um, but I will say that the Huskies haven't looked as good the last four weeks, and the Ducks have blown everyone out. So, um, yeah. I I know one thing, the winner of this game is going to the, you know, college championship, um, four, yeah. four teams at the end there. So it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, the Huskies are third, they're number three. I, they win. That. I would think both teams, like if, if Oregon wins by three points in overtime, I think both teams deserve to go. If this, if this game is really close. So we'll see. Wouldn't that be crazy if they matched up a third time in one season in a championship game? Oh, I'd love that. I would too. I mean, these are two two really good teams that are really well coached. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun. Um, and sure. I'd, I'd love to see them play again because I, they entertain me. (laughs) Right. So, right. Cool. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. The show is Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. And when you do hit that subscribe button, YouTube channel as well. Same thing there. And uh, we'll see you next time. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.